Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. We're going to talk about clouds. And we just had a parade of producers in here today. Yeah, we're on our third. We recorded, we're recording two podcasts today, and we're on our third producer. Yeah, Jerry is out, so we had guest producer Matt, and then... Then we had the head honcho. Well, during, sometime during the podcast, they switched. Without telling us. And Matt became Roxanne, and now we have Tyler, and Josh made a really funny joke, which is, we just need to get one of those birds that has the water in it, or something, Yeah. and just have it set over the R button so it can (laughs) peck the record. Right. Or a baby. That can press R. Right. <laughs> that's what we need. See, Tyler's laughing. That's good. Yeah, that is good. It was like a Roxanne dead zone silent. here. <laughs> yeah. Well, she probably thought correctly, like, I shouldn't make any noise. Right. Tyler's not thinking that. Yeah. Uh, Chuck. Yes. Have you ever seen a cloud? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I love clouds. I got one for you. Have you ever heard of a man named Luke Howard? I have indeed. Spill it. It's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. Luke Howard. Sure. Especially for the late 18th, early 19th century. That's a good name for that. It's, it's kind of like a, a somebody our age would be named Luke Howard, you know? I guess. It just doesn't seem old-timey to me. Oh, sure. Well, okay, this guy named Luke Howard, young Englishman, right? He's walking around planet Earth, and everyone around him is calling... Um, 1800s? What, well, yeah, he was born in 1773, lived okay. till 1864. Gotcha. Didn't live to see the American Civil War come to a close, sadly, but he bad. probably figured it would eventually. Possibly didn't predict the following year, but who knows? Right. <laughs> well, back uh, during uh, Luke Howard's time, before he was age 20, right? Mm-hmm. He was walking around and people were calling clouds essences. Really? Like idiots, right? That's what we called clouds, essences. Like, look at that beautiful, puffy essence in the sky? Well, not even that. Just like, well, look at that essence. It's probably going to eat us eventually. It's going right. to eat the earth, you know? <laughs> we we didn't understand gases very well. Yeah. Uh, we didn't understand um, different states of solidity, liquid gas. What a time to be alive. It was. It was a time of ignorance and profound um, fear. And wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot left to discover, right? Yeah, sure. Um, well, Luke Howard helped put the kibosh on that discovery by classifying clouds. First of all, he started calling them clouds, not essences. He actually thought up the name cloud. Uh, he was the first to call them clouds, as far as I know. Wow. He, at age 20... I would he... call them Lukes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Oh, well. Or Howards. He missed the boat there. Look at that beautiful Howard. Right. <laughs> Little fluffy Howards. Um, anyway, uh, Luke joined... He was a pharmacist. Okay. He joined a group called the Eschesians, which means seekers of knowledge. Um, and as to basically to entertain themselves, every week or whenever they met, yeah. each one would present a scientific paper, like one would present for that night. And finally, when he's 20, uh, Luke gets his turn to present a paper that he prepared. Mm-hmm. And it's called On the Modification of Clouds. And modification meant what we would consider today classification. And in parentheses, did it say essences? So people knew what the heck he was talking about. (laughs) Yeah. And that paper actually formed the basis of how we still classify clouds. Wow. This kid just kind of came up with it, and it was just dead on. It just made such utter sense that 
hundreds of years later, we still use his classification system. I would say that puts him in the realm of some of the great unknown uh, important people on the planet. I would say that you're right, my friend. That sounds like a stuff of genius episode to me. Yes, it does. So should we should we run down the four main types of clouds that he thought of? Yeah, he uh, basically classified them. He he modified them in the parlance of the day by their uh, shape, right, or yeah. size, and their altitude. Sure. And uh, in a subcategory, their ability to precipitate on the earth. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go ahead and read these off because uh, you know Latin is my thing. Cumulus, Josh, means uh, heap or pile, and those are the ones. Those are the money clouds. Those are the ones that are flat and on the bottom and real billowy, puffy. Fluffy clouds. Fluffy clouds. But usually big, not little. Yes. Uh, stratus clouds are uh, means layer, and they are short and uh, kind of spread across a distance. Uh, you got the cirrus, which means curl of hair. Interesting. Yeah. Wispy and thin. Yep. And then you got the old nimbus, and those are rain clouds, and it means rainy cloud. Right. Which, ironically, maybe not ironically, it's probably a terrible word to use, but 808 State had a great song called Nimbus, and the Orb had the song Little Fluffy Clouds that this episode is named after. We should, uh, that was a great song. Little Fluffy fluffy Clouds? Yeah, we should get that in here somehow. I think we should. It was on the, it appeared on the album The Orb's Adventures Beyond the Ultra World. Oh, really? Great album. The whole thing from beginning to end, just awesome. It's like Dark Side of the Moon, kind of, except... Much happier and techno-ier. Really? Yeah. Have you ever been to Montana? No. I've been to Idaho, so I, I kind of have an idea of what you're talking the about. The Big Sky deal? Yeah. You know, I had a guy when I was in Montana explain, because I lived in the desert of Yuma, Arizona for a while. And you can see from horizon to horizon there, but a lot of times it's just blue sky. And so, you know, it's, it's it looks expansive. But then you go to Montana, yeah. and they call it Big Skyland, and you get out of the plane, and you it's immediately looks larger. Yeah. And a guy that lived there said it was because of the clouds. He said they get these huge, long, billowy, cumulus clouds, and Mm -hmm. it gives it a perspective that you don't get, like when it's just a blue sky in the desert. And so it it gives the illusion that the sky is actually larger. Right. So it sounded good to me. I didn't paint it on the clouds, but you can tell there is a difference. It's just enormous. Yeah. And, And vast. Vast. All right. So, and, and for those of us, for those who really pay attention to the podcast, there is no H on uh, Yuma. It actually is pronounced Yuma. <laughs> yeah, it's not Yuma, right? Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Josh, should we talk about types of clouds by altitude? Yes, I, I think we should. Chuck, we'll start with high. Yeah. Um, so we talked about we talked about based on size or shape, right? Yes. Um, you can take those shapes, and depending on where they are in altitude. They have different names. Different prefixes. The high-level clouds generally have some sort of prefix like zero. Yeah. Right? So you've got cirrus clouds, cirrocumulus, and cirrostratus clouds. And cirrostratus clouds are um, often, they're, they're usually very high, very thin. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're, they're such a thin layer that you can only detect them when they're juxtaposed against the moon. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it's creating a halo effect. That's actually a uh, cirrostratus cloud, right? Yes. Cirrocumulus, one of my favorites, very, very high-level puffy cotton balls. Yeah, those are Way great. up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, Chuck, take it home with cirrus. Uh, cirrus clouds, Josh, are white and delicate, and they're wispy. And they sometimes have little swirls at the end uh, created by the wind. By the wind? By the end. Created by the wind. And you can, like, 
detect air patterns a lot of times by what it's doing to these kind of clouds. Yeah. Or you can just lick your finger and hold it up. Yes. Um, so at high level, we should point out the bottoms of the cloud, and it's always measured at the bottom because right. clouds can be pretty tall. Yeah. Uh, the bottom is usually between uh, 20,000 to 40,000 feet. Not usually. That's how it's classified. This is when you have to break through when you're reaching your uh, cruising altitude in an airplane. Matt's in here now. You're joking. <laughs> Tyler's gone, Matt's in here. This is nuts. <laughs> I have a feeling we're the victims of some sort of practical joke perpetrated by the woman who says that you're listening to... We should have a contest. You too can produce stuff you should know. <laughs> Just show up. Yeah. We'll let you in. If, not, you, not if you have a working index finger, <laughs> you can produce stuff you should know. Uh, all right, let's go down to mid-level clouds, and these have bottoms that begin at about 6,500 to 20,000 feet. Right. Take it away. Uh, well, the, the mid-level clouds are usually described by the prefix alto, which makes mid-level clouds the Kenny G of clouds. <laughs> so you've got alto cumulus, alto stratus. Is that written down, or did you? Okay. <laughs> it's written down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to forget. Alto stratus? Yeah. Alto Al- cumulus are like sheets of... um. Like little round clouds. Yeah. Um, and then you, they're kind of like cirrocumulus, but they have shading. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I hadn't really thought about, but I, I, I've noticed the difference. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I would encourage people to, you know, if you're at a computer and you're not just listening to this in the car or something, <laughs> yeah. follow along. Like uh, type in Google Images. He's, you know, it helps. It, it does help because this is really difficult to describe. Yeah, because you you know you can you can very easily pick out the um, cumulus clouds, the oh, big yeah, fluffy ones, everyone's favorite. But once you start to get into you know zero cumulus, that kind of thing, it, it just becomes a little harder to describe. Right. Well, imagine true alto stratus though. I will say you might know those because those are the really really solid thick ones. Mm-hmm. So much so that that's when you're out on a sunny day and one passes over and it gets noticeably dark and you get shadows and things like that. Right. Those are alto stratus. And then the low-level clouds, you want to talk about them? Yeah, below 6,500 feet. Right, so these are the ones that we would conceive of um, creating fog. Yeah. Right? Um, there's cumulus, stratocumulus, stratus. Stratus clouds are the ones that resemble fog that make the sky look overcast. Yeah. Where it's just like you can't tell if it's nothing but clouds or else if it's just kind of a gray day or what's going on. Right. Did you hit your head? Right. <laughs> That kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, there's also the, uh, the classic fair weather cumulus, and those are the re- those are the money clouds. That's when it's really bright right. and blue, big puffy cotton balls that look like uh, bunny rabbits or Lyndon Johnson or whatever. Right. And then there's <laughs> there's stratocumulus, um, where you can uh, usually pick those out at night as well um, most easily because they're the ones that pass in front of the moon. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and there's like breaks in them, and right, that, right. that's stratocumulus. So like, it's it's so strange to think because you've experienced in your thirty nine, thirty nine, thirty nine years walking around this planet, all these different types of clouds, right? But you might as well have been walking around calling them essences because we didn't really realize <laughs> that they have all these different classifications, or that the ones that the moon break through here or there are actually um, stratocumulus, right? Right. Uh, the ones that are the big, big fluffy clouds are cumulus. The yeah. ones that rain are nimbus. Yeah, cumulonimbus clouds are thunderstorm clouds, basically. Low level and uh, nimbostratus 
are also very the dark, low-hanging clouds. Right, and those are attached into like this kind of extra category called vertically developed clouds, right? Yeah. Um, these things are so tall, so large, and they form vertically uh, in these piles that they actually transcend altitudes. They cross over altitudinal boundaries. Oh, okay, so they creep into different, uh-huh. like low-level and mid-level? Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so those are the types of clouds, right? Are yes. you still with us? I am. Yeah? It'd be bad if I was not in it. We got through the boring part. Now we're going to talk about how clouds form, right? Yeah. This is a good part. I the, agree. Evaporation and... Con- well, let's start this out with something that comes later in the article. Mm-hmm. Clouds are collections of little water droplets and crystallized water molecules. That's what a cloud is. Right. We should have led the show off with that. Basically, uh, cloud forms, and here, if you ever are wondering how a cloud forms, if anyone ever asks you, just bust this out. Clouds form when warm, moist air encounters cooler air. Yeah. Simple as that. Sure. Um, we can get into a little more complexity, shall we? Yes. Uh, <laughs> think about a hot day and you have, like, pour some water on the asphalt on a hot day. It's going to evaporate quicker. Right. And you, it, a dummy would just say, well, it's hot, right? Yeah, but the reason it's happening is because the water molecules are, are more excited because uh-huh. it's hot. They're moving around more. They can spread out further. They can spread out. And, from a body of water. Yeah, and then basically bust free into water vapor more easily. Right, and Toothman, who wrote this article, uses the example of a birdbath, right? Yes. But you can use the, the birdbath as pretty much a metaphor for any body of water on Earth. Yeah. Clouds ultimately form from the evaporation of water on the Earth's surface. Which, uh, so these water molecules become excited, turn into water vapor, uh-huh. which is capable of interacting with the air. Mm-hmm. They may rise up. Yeah. When they encounter cooler air higher up, they're going yeah. to condense all of a sudden. Yep. And form clouds, right? That's called a convective cloud. Boom. It can also happen when warm, moist air encounters a cold front. Yes. Just a, a piece of cold air that's not necessarily higher in altitude, but it's coming in from the right or the left. Yeah. And then along that front where the warm, moist air meets the edge of the cold air, mm-hmm. the edge that's created, that's going to cause precipitation. Boom, again. And clouds. Uh, clouds, Josh, also form a little easier if the water vapor uh, that's evaporating has something to grab onto. Mm-hmm. So that allows it to change into a liquid or solid phase easier. And they call these condensation nuclei or freezing nuclei. Sounds fancy. It's really what we're talking about is dust, sea salt. There's like a wildfire, soot from the wildfire. Yeah. Stuff in the air serve as... Particulate uh, matter. Yeah, particulate matter. And that, that serves to make the clouds form quicker. Right, because what you have is something that it forms the nucleus of this water droplet. Yeah. And it starts attracting more and more and more and more. And then eventually this uh, this water droplet gets so heavy that it can't be sustained against the force of gravity any longer, yeah. which pulls it down to Earth as a raindrop. Or, yeah. if it's cold enough, pulls it down to Earth as an ice crystal, which you might know and love as a snowflake. Meteorology with Josh Clark. Yes. Uh, before we move on to that, which is awesome, I do want to point out that one of the other things that can serve as a uh, uh, condensation nuclei is bacteria, plant bacteria. Mm-hmm. And the air yeah. can help clouds form more quickly. <laughs> That's right. It's weird, man. Is it weird? I don't know. It just it is to me. Why? Well, I don't know. You can't see it. It's happening. <laughs> right. But you can't see it. So anything I can't see is just weird. 
Well, not weird. That Infrared so light, stupid. ultraviolet light. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Microscopic stuff. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hate art. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Uh, clouds move around, we should say, uh, because the difference in the air temperature within the cloud than outside it can push it around here and there. Yeah, let's. Uh, a good way to look at clouds that I realized from researching this article is that um, clouds almost follow the um, first law of thermodynamics, right? They can't be created or destroyed. They yeah. just change formation, right? Yeah, that's a good if point. If you look at clouds as part of the rain cycle... Right, that that is basically this interaction between the water on the Earth's surface and the atmosphere. Right, and they're they're a reaction. They're a part of this reaction. Different types of clouds. Mm-hmm. Right, um, then they're they're constantly moving. This water vapor is either in the air, uh, vi- invisible as water vapor, mm-hmm. visible as a cloud, mm-hmm. or visible as part of the uh, water on the Earth's surface. Yeah, right. So clouds like turn into one another. It's not like yeah. oh, I'm a cumulus cloud. Now I'm just gone. Right, they'll usually turn into one another as they rise and fall, mm-hmm. and then it's uh, yeah, it's a big part of the big cycle. Right, so say that you have a um, big old cumulus cloud, yay, nice warm moist cumulus cloud, right? Love them, and it hits a, a wedge of cold air. Boo. That cold front causes precipitation, yeah, right. Um, and it's actually usually when a warm a, a warm cloud meets cold air. The warm cloud's forced up. Heat rises. Right. Uh, and it's going to cool, which will cause precipitation. But it's also going to cause that cloud to just rise further and further, and it's going to evolve so it'll hit that middle altitude and become like an alto stratus or alto cumulus cloud. Sure. It's going to break up a little further. and Finally, it'll probably reach into the upper atmosphere and become a cirrus cloud. Yeah. And then, you know, um, jazz hands yeah, or uh, jazz what hands. is that? What are those hands called? Uh, Dream hands. Dream hands. Okay. <laughs> it turns back into water vapor, possibly just kind of drifts along uh-huh. until it, it reaches the right conditions to become a cloud again. Or it might just travel back to Earth and condense into a body of water. You could do a little one-man show. Dream hands. Josh explains clouds through uh, beats and physical movements. Have you seen the dream hands video? I know. I have. I've got to show you this. I thought you were talking about the rainbow guy at first. Which one's that? Full double rainbow. No, it's very similar to that. <laughs> that guy's, he's full of wonder, isn't way. he? He's, he's like, look at those yeah. essences. He's full of something. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about rain a little bit. We talked about snow a little bit. This is what I found most interesting. What? What about the others? What about sleet, freezing rain, and hail? I, th- I found this endlessly interesting. Did you really? I did, because freezing rain, I, I mean, I, I didn't know how any of this stuff worked. And I was in. I took a meteorology class in college. I guess it it just sort of uh, left my brain space at some point. Uh, but freezing rain, Josh, is when it's a snowflake at first, falls down through the atmosphere, gets a little warmer, mm-hmm. melts, turns back into rain, continues to fall, passes through another layer of uh, cold air, becomes super cooled, but it doesn't refreeze. Right, hits the ground and hits something so cold on the ground that it freezes. Right. That's freezing rain. Yes. That's different than sleet. Sleet's sort of the same thing, except it actually has enough time to refreeze. The melted snowflake refreezes before it hits the ground. Then right. it's sleet. The cold air uh, right, you know, that's on the ground and up is yeah. big enough so that it, as that droplet is passing through, it refreezes. And then take it away, hail. Well, hail is particularly interesting that's because what I it's associated with um, 
uh, severe storms that have a lot of updrafts and gusts yeah. within it, right? Mm-hmm. So this the the ice crystals or the uh, rain droplets are being kicked up and around, and, and you know it's freezing and, and thawing and refreezing, and more water vapors being attracted to it, and the uh, the gusts are strong enough that uh, this can be prolonged so that it turns into ice chunks the yeah, size collects, of like a Volvo. It collects more stuff, basically. As right. it's going down, then the wind says, no, 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 you're going back up. Then it goes back down, then it goes back up. And then you have, like you said, damage, damaging hail. Right. Uh, it just can't be sustained any longer. It's just too heavy. Which That's the story with all precipitation, right? Yeah. It's the stuff forming up in the atmosphere out of water, and it's either cold enough to freeze or it's not, so it's rain or it's snow. And then it becomes so fat that gravity can't support it any longer. Dude, the wonders of the Earth. Chunks of ice can form out of <laughs> invisible nothings in the air and fall on your car. Isn't that awesome? It is pretty awesome. Like this kind of stuff I used to sit on the my roof in college and talk about, you know, with my friends endlessly. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to talk about the Illuminati. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that too. My friend uh, Jason, actually, that lives in Japan now, he was... My first friend to turn me on to all these like uh, stuff they don't want you to know type stuff. Yes, he was. Everyone had that first friend. Yeah, I was like, "What secret yeah. societies? Yeah. Tell me more." Yeah, and I was like, "Clouds are cool." Yeah, I have to say, I was a little disappointed. I thought this was going to be. This ended up being more of like, a, "Well, we got to understand this to understand everything." Yeah, see, I was blown away. Were you really? I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad, man. Childlike wonder, Josh. Uh, let's talk about why clouds, what they do to the earth. <laughs> uh, one of the things they do is move dust. Yeah. That is mind-blowing. I think it is. <laughs> 13, what is it, 13 million tons? Well, that's just between Africa and a certain spot of the Amazon basin. I know. Moving it from it Africa. It is kind of cool. It's it leads to desertification. Dust. No? Well, it can. <laughs> one of the cool things about clouds is that if you have particulate matter, as uh-huh. we saw, whether it's plant bacteria or soot from wildfires, um, it's going to cause precipitation a lot more easily, uh, which is the idea behind cloud seeding, right? Yeah. Like the disaster by the Royal Air Force in 1952. Well, that worked. Where they seeded clouds yeah. and like 90 million tons of rain hit in a day and killed a, a lot of people in Great Britain. Yeah. And the Royal Air Force is like, whoops, this is going to be classified till 2001. Yeah. And when I say it worked, I don't mean... I mean, it worked in, like, it rained so much. Right. Not, it worked awesome. They killed people. China, um, did their bid to control the weather mm-hmm. by, uh, dissipating clouds by impregnating them with silver iodide, cloud seeding. And apparently we're doing it, we're using this to, um, to control climate change as well. Yeah. The problem is if you have too much particulate matter, uh, it's going to spread out. And the water droplets that are going to be attracted to it are going to be very small mm-hmm. because there's maybe one piece of particulate matter for every water droplet rather than one piece for every million water droplets, which are going to form big, fat rain yeah. drops, right? So, therefore, that leads to desertification. Interesting. Did that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wonder, since bacteria can serve as a particulate, I wonder if potentially... You could have disease rained down upon a nation. I would imagine so. There's a movie plot for you right there, buddy. Hey, it's going on all around us right now. Is it? Sure. All right, so let's talk about what else they do to the earth. They serve as a barrier for heat, uh, both coming in and out. They they absorb about 20% of the heat, 
and they also reflect about 20% of the heat back to the sun? Well, it depends. Uh, if you have low-level clouds, you're going to have a cooler temperature because low-level clouds are the best at reflecting solar energy back yes. into space. If you have high-level clouds, you're going to, especially at night, you're going to have warmer temperatures because the highest-level clouds are the best at acting as a blanket around the Earth. Yeah, they do both. They absorb some, they bounce some back, uh-huh. and then once it passes through, the, it can contain it within the Earth, or not within the Earth, but between the Earth's surface and the clouds, right? like a blanket. That's exactly right, which That's is why a cloudless night is always colder than a cloudy night, because that solar radiation that's reached the Earth is shooting right back into space. So that that's not endlessly interesting to you still? Nah. <laughs> okay. I wish it was, Chuck. I really wish it was. How about that Illuminati, though? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> uh, should we talk about weird clouds? Oh, I think we should, man. Uh, we've got contrails, which I thought was just like literally coming out of the exhaust of jets. It's actually, that's vapor being shot out by jet exhaust that's freezing or condensing into these little vapor clouds. And we won't get into the whole chemtrail thing. Those are different. Well, that's just the whole controversy there. Which is? Actually, Maddie's in here, and uh, if you want to know about chemtrails, they have a stuff they don't want you to know about chemtrails. So instead of us... Flopping our way through. Screwing it up. Yeah, we'll just direct you that way. Um, Lenticular clouds. Did you look up some of these picture-wise? I wish you hadn't asked me that. I wish I would have printed them out. Lenticular (laughs) clouds and cap clouds. Uh, Lenticular are layered and very swirly, and it looks they look like a funnel-shaped stack of pancakes. Very cool looking. Sure. Uh, Cap clouds look like a big disc on top of a mountain, like kind of sitting on the nose of a mountain. I've seen that one before. That's really cool. There's actually a really cool phenomenon. I can't remember what it's called, where if you're at a high enough altitude and it's cloudy, your shadow is cast upward. Oh, really? Yeah, rather than downward. And it it, it makes you look like this huge giant like walking through the sky because usually it's so cloudy that you can't see any breaks in it. And it just looks like you're this huge thing just walking across the sky above you. So the shadow is above the sky? Yes. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a pretty neat effect. I did a hike one time in Big Sur where we hiked up above the cloud line. And it's it's like when you fly above it in, in a jet, except mm-hmm. you're walking and you feel like you're, I mean, you can see nothing. It's weird. Yes. It's like you're on top of the world. Very That's odd. pretty sweet. Yeah, it is very sweet. That's a heck of a hike, man. Yeah, well, they were they were low clouds in Big Sur. It wasn't like <laughs> the Andes or anything like that. I mean, it was a good hike. Yeah, like well, we were dropped off by a helicopter. <laughs> exactly. Um, the not, oh, I'm sorry, the Mamatis clouds. If you live in uh, New York City last year, or if you have an internet connection, you might have seen these pictures of Mamatis clouds, and they are. It doesn't happen often at all. That's why people are like, "What's going on in New York now? <laughs> we're being attacked." But they're big, billowy uh, balls all clumped together, like hanging down from the underside of a cloud. And that's why they're called mammatus clouds, because it means like udder or breast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Sure. And, uh, yeah, and there, I mean, the, there's, the Internet's lousy with pictures of it last year. Really cool looking, because the sunset hit it at the right time, mm-hmm. and it was like these billowy fireballs, it looked like. It's very intimidating. Cool. But no harm. No fireballs, really? No, it's just clouds. Just clouds. Just essences. <laughs> 
Uh, you want to cover any of those other ones? Well, the noctilucent cloud is yeah. pretty interesting, I have to say. All right. There's this, if you are on Earth, you would call it a noctilucent cloud. If you are up in space looking down on it, you'd call it a polar mesospheric cloud. That's pretty interesting. This is a very rare cloud um, that at twilight, the um, apparently the makeup of these clouds uh, that are, exist very high up in the atmosphere yeah. makes them glow blue, which is unusual for clouds. And they actually think that these clouds are new. They're not, I don't want to say they're not naturally occurring. They're not old. They haven't been around since any time before 1883, which happens to be the year that Krakatau, uh, the volcano in Java, blew its top. And that's when people first started seeing these clouds, right? After that happened. And apparently Krakatau um, sent, uh, remember the volcano episode? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what was that stuff called? Tefla? Tefra? Yes, Tefra. Tefra. It sent Tefra uh, as much as 262,000 feet into the air, which is 80 kilometers into wow. the atmosphere, and apparently stayed there and started forming these clouds. And, well, the weird thing is, is they thought that this was just a temporary deal, but they've been around ever since, right? Yeah, they have. And they also think that possibly pollution, uh-huh. meteoroids, and space shuttle activity are all contributing to the um, the continued existence of noctilucent clouds, which means shining at night. Yeah, these are cool looking. These look like, um, they almost look like nebula. They're sort of veiny looking mm-hmm. and glowing. Mm-hmm. And uh, nebula is like nothing more than a cloud in space, right? It's a space cloud, yeah. yeah. And there's actually one called the Smith Cloud, which is enormous, and it's headed for the Milky Way galaxy. And when that, uh, when it impacts in 20 million years, it's going to put on quite a show in the sky, apparently. Well, and it will rain down disease. death upon us, yeah. <laughs> well, we won't be around to see that. And there's clouds. I thought it was going to be cooler. It wasn't. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I thought it was cool. If you want to learn more about clouds, including a little shout-out to the Cloud Appreciation Society, uh, you can type in clouds at the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It'll bring that up. And, of course, now it's time for listener mail, probably the most interesting part of this podcast. It's definitely the most heartwarming. Okay. Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this, uh, we're thinking about you, Jody. Uh, hi, Josh and Chuck and Jerry. Uh, I know you don't do this kind of stuff much because you get way too many requests, which is true, but this is, we had to make an exception here. Okay. Uh, this is from Brendan, by the way, and Brendan's fiance, Jody, uh, whose nickname is Frankie, has a rare form of leukemia, and she's undergoing treatment for that right now. Uh, the past couple of weeks have been really rough because she's been really, really sick, uh, like to the point of not being able to get out of bed, and unfortunately... I am over a thousand miles away finishing school, and she really doesn't have anyone around to take care of her at this point, apart from the medical staff. Wow. Very sad. Yeah. One of the few things that's helping her to stay sane while she is in bed trying not to be sick and resisting passing out from pain is your podcast. Your humor and unique fun information is a great distraction from all the stuff she has to deal with, and I cannot thank you enough for the quality show that you produce. I really, really appreciate it if you could somehow give her a shout out on the air. Even it's a uh, very generic hello to anybody out there who is uh, in pain, hang in there. Yeah. Or if you could just plug the National Bone Marrow Registry at bethematch.org mm-hmm. or something, that would be cool. So we're going to get specific and say Jody, a.k.a. Frankie in Utah, 
hang in there. Yeah, really. And I told Brendan to keep us uh, informed on Frankie's uh, progress. And you guys are getting married, and there's you know a lot to look forward to. So I hope you get better soon, and listen to us while you're getting well, and uh, you and guys getting hitched, and getting hitched. I want to hear about your wedding day. I just want to hear about. It. Yeah. So that's for Jody. That was nice, Chuck. Hey, Jody. AKA and, Frankie. And Brendan. And Brendan. And uh, as uh, Brendan suggested, everybody out there who is in a lot of pain and listening. Uh, it's possible that you're in a lot of pain because you're listening. That's but true. if you've tried that and you're still in pain and you've gone back to listening, hey, hang in there. We're thinking of you. Yeah, right? we'll have to tell him that this is going to be at the end of the clouds episode because he probably wouldn't make it through it ordinarily. No, no, yeah. that's a good point, Chuck. Hang in there. Listen to it. <laughs> right. It's going to be, it's going to pay off there in the end. Yeah. Well, let's see. If you have a uh, pretty cool picture of a cloud, we want to see it, go post it on Facebook. How about that? Uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. Uh, we also tweet, SYSK Podcast. Uh, and then you can also send us the traditional email at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?